Well, good morning to you. It's 535 on the ticket. And you've got the Morty Musers from New York City once again here this morning on a Thursday. It's the morning after the Marconi Awards in Manhattan, hosted by the National Association of Broadcasters. The show was up for Marconi. So was our little station known as The Ticket. And so were some of our brothers and sisters from Cumulus Dallas, our country stations. We come back to Dallas going over. We did not win the Marconi last night. Neither did our co-workers, neither did our stations. But we had a great time. And we'll tell that story later this morning at 8.15. We've got a lot to get to today. We've got the Rangers prepared to start the World Series against the Arizona Diamondbacks tomorrow night at Globe Life. We'll visit with General Manager Chris Young later this morning at 8.55. Also, we have a Rangers song for you that will make its worldwide debut on the ticket here in 25 minutes. A lot of times this is where sports songs go to die or to get ragged on. Or maybe they get propelled because they get played on the ticket. I really think this one is good. Now, it's written by a friend of mine, but we're going to hear it here in 25 minutes. And uh, we'll see what you think. Is it the new anthem for Texas? Because we can't take Creed music for another two weeks, can we? I mean, is everyone tired of that bit just a little bit? It's working. Oh, that's Creed? (laughs) <laughs> it's working, but it's also working on driving me insane. This is very Texas, what you're going to hear in 25 minutes. We've got Troy this morning. It's Thursday. We'll talk Cowboys and NFL with the Hall of Famer Troy Aikman around 7.55 this morning. And we had the Mavericks open the season against Wimby in San Antonio. But Wimby, while he was the story and will be throughout this season, In the NBA, there was another rookie last night who stole the spotlight, and he plays for the Mavericks. We'll talk about that at 6.55 this morning. So much to get to. And we broadcast again from the studios of Sirius XM. Thanks to the folks who have set us up here. Uh, They couldn't be more accommodating. We got right up the elevator this morning. We didn't have any incidents. And uh, we're starting to get used to life in New York. Yesterday, we experienced New York, and we all went and got a slice after the show at a pizza place right by our hotel. Bargain pizza, too. Two pieces of pizza and a drink for like eight bucks. You can't beat that. That was spare pizza. It was fine. You know what? I have. You are getting to the point where you don't don't yell at me because you you got served bad pizza. You don't like any meal. And I thought it was fine. I think it was the greatest pizza I ever had, but it was fine. I mean, are you with me on this? Does he ever like a meal? It was it was just kind of mid. I like yeah. tons of meals. I, I never Let's said put that in my bragging. Montage. I never said, "Hey, we stopped and had the greatest pizza we've ever had in our lives." I okay. said we got reasonable pizza yesterday. Okay, I'll go with that. It was reasonable pizza. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you you guys paid eight bucks. Yeah, because we got a soda. No, I paid five dollars. I got two pieces of pizza. It was $2.50 a slice. Huh. Maybe because I just got cheese. But I paid $4 total for two pieces of cheese pizza and a bottle of water. 
Yeah, that was the special that they had advertised out there. And it was just cheese pizza? Yeah. Okay. Two cheese, two slices of cheese pizza and a drink, it said, is $4. Isn't that an incredible deal? Yeah. yeah. Especially for New York. Yeah. I was blown away by that, that you could still get the, the cheap pizza. Well, we walked by another place that said uh, slice of pizza, 99 cents. 99 cents, yeah. So, yeah, bargains, you can get bargains on pizza here. They have so much of it. You I know, guess. one of it's one of the problems make. I had with that pizza place was that the crust was too crispy. Like, they had the big slices, like yeah. you associate with New York City, but you couldn't really f- fold it over too easily because the crust was too crispy. Now, I got the last piece of the cheese pizza that was out there been sitting there a while and then junior walked up and they pulled a fresh one right out of the oven i was like damn it <laughs> yeah mine was good i mean it wasn't mine was really good yeah i thought it was quality yeah. pizza and well, i got a bargain price i got an old an old one that was my problem maybe so maybe you had yesterday's pizza that was still <laughs> left over they were trying to clear out i did walk the streets yesterday went on like a 40 minute walk huh. because it is didn't i predict that what after we'd seen what had happened near our hotel room that george okay. would mysteriously uh, oh. just kind of go out for a walk <laughs> that and, had nothing uh, to do with it because <laughs> i don't live in a cesspool like you do i just <laughs> went out to go for a walk and take in the uh the sights and sounds of manhattan and it is amazing i bet my guess is that 70 percent of the time i hear a siren going off yep and that goes all night too it's fire trucks and police cars and and yet i don't see any wrecks i don't see anyone tending to like a major pile up when we've taken these trips yeah, in taxi cabs why aren't there more wrecks i don't know because it, it you see like two or three near wrecks every time you get in a vehicle and go somewhere but they just honk at each other and they don't wreck but someone's wrecking i guess we saw a wreck on our way from the airport mm-hmm. to our hotel the first day we were here uh, but you can roll some of the street sounds there, Tyler. Um, because I just walked around for a while. People watched. It is amazing. There are tens of thousands of people walking. And I'm not sure if they're going to work. I'm not sure if they're going to a meeting, to school. You see such a mixture of young and old. Some of the kids yesterday had to have been college students going somewhere. Can you all hear anything? Like street sounds? No, I, no. I, I don't have it. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Well, you, you have the hot dog guy? Yes, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, I eventually met up with, because every street corner you have a um, a cart, a food cart, and I'd say 90% of them are hot dog carts. And this is your hot dog show. Uh, we talk about hot dogs a lot <laughs> on this show, and we say the word hot dog, hot dog a lot. So I thought I'd talk to a dude who was running a cart, really nice guy, like the dude you talked to on the streets yesterday. He was from Egypt. You're going to hear to be from Egypt. Happens to be from Egypt. He is now an American citizen. And he's about to tell us. Um, and you tell me what his name is. I didn't want to get bogged down in the name because. With him. Yeah, I just thought we would go back and forth, and I was it was going to take several attempts to get it. So maybe you guys can help me out here. Okay, I'm here at uh, 34th Street and uh, 6th Street. What's your name? Muhammad. 
What's uh, how long you been here selling hot dogs? That's what it sounded like to me. He said Muhammad or Mom. I thought he said Maud. Okay, we've got three different answers here. <laughs> I go. I like Mom. There's no way his name was Mom. <laughs> Play it again. I right, re-rack it. Let's hear it again. Maybe it is Muhammad. Okay, I didn't hear that. Okay, I'm here at uh, 34th Street and uh, 6th Street. What's your name? Mom. What's uh, how long you been here selling hot dogs? Mom. mom. It's Muhammad. It's Mom. How many years? A lot. Yeah. A what lot. do you think? It's a beautiful job. It's a beautiful country. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Where are you from originally? Egypt. Egypt. Yeah. Okay. What? No, I'm American citizen. Oh, congratulations! That's great. Thank you. What? Uh, what's your most popular hot dog here? The, what's? What do you sell the most of? The hot dog. Hot dog? Just yeah. the beef hot dog? Yes. Dollar hot dog. Yeah. I'm a big fan of hot dogs. In fact, I use it as a as a placeholder word. Like if you're trying to think of a word, like uh, you know, it's the it's the hot dog. You ever do that? Yes. Sir. Yeah, just put it on the grill, huh? Yeah. All right, what else? Uh, what would you, what else you, you get sell the grill with a spatula? So the sauce, chicken over rice, lamb over rice, shish kebab, hot sausage, a lot of stuff. What do you think is your best item? This different because that uh, the customer is different, you know. Yeah. But the bad thing, the number one, the hot dog. Hot dog. What's your favorite? Like when you knock off work, do you have a hot dog or do you go eat a? New Yorker, you in New Yorker, you gonna be the best hot dog in New Yorker. The best hot dog in the world is right here. Okay. How long can you leave a hot dog? I noticed you have some kebabs out there or something. How long can you leave them sitting out there? Oh. Like a hot dog. The hot dog is over here. Oh, it's in the warmer yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You can leave it outside. Okay. Because that's the stuff. You took the, I have to cook in. They're like chicken or Italian sauce. I have to cook. But the hot dog is always... I got you. They're in the, uh, the, yeah, yeah, the thing there to keep them warm. Yeah, I take it and walk away. That's okay. Why. Uh, what time do you go to work and what time are you done? Oh, I work all night. Like, you work all night? Lunch. No, no, because no. I don't come more hour and we go home. What time did you get here this morning? Around 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock, because I have family, I have to care of that. Okay. I have children, I have a wife, you know? Yeah. It's a big life, too. Sure. Yeah. What time do you think you'll be finished tonight? What, what When will your day be done? You no, know, I don't know because I go to the home and uh, my boss, he, he come and take the car and then he go home. Yeah. And Someone uh, else will come get the car. Yeah, it's my boss. It's my boss. You don't leave it here overnight? No, no you got the garage here. To have oh, the a garage, okay. Yeah, to go to the garage for clean the car, garage. wash everything, put the stuff in the fridge there. If you got the fresh stuff downstairs, you know, because I got the fridge turned down, like chicken and stuff, it's not cooked yet, like this one. Oh, ah, okay. That's this, that's your cooler yeah, there. It's cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have okay. a, a lot of ice inside, you know. Okay. And I got to put the garage, clean everything, the car, clean this, grill, you know, put the charcoal garbage, everything, everything. Okay. Well, thanks for showing me your car, man. I hope you, you have a good day. Welcome. You're welcome anytime, sir. Nice you want to make me a hot dog? Sure, sir. I get one. Yeah. Okay. Go this is going to be the best one I've ever had. I got you. Okay. All right. So he made a hot dog with onions, mustard. No ketchup and some sort of white sauce. Uh oh, mystery white sauce. It wasn't yeah. mayo. No, maybe he, it was like he, a horseradish. Was it horseradish? Yeah, stuff? maybe it was kind of a horsey sauce kind of thing. And was it good? Yeah, it was really good. I didn't eat the whole thing, but why didn't eat the whole thing? When well, was the last time you never hungry. ate a whole hot dog? I don't know. I wasn't that hungry because we had pizza <laughs> like two hours before. Hot dog. Um, 
But yeah, the cart was pretty cool when he said, no, the hot dogs are in here. He lifted up this lid that was, you know, on the counter level. And it was basically the hot dogs in there boiling, you know, keeping them hot. And then underneath that, he had like a, a cool area where he had uh, like ice packs in there. And that's how he kept the chicken cool and everything like that. But mm. when I said, how long can you keep hot dogs stacked up? I realized he just had his kebabs that he'd already cooked stacked up. But I did see several hot dog stands. I don't know if y'all have seen these two where the hot dogs are like stacked up. They've already cooked them and they, they just put them out in the open air. I wonder how long they leave them there. Hmm. I don't know about those. I think, hot dogs. uh, don't the ones that you buy at the grocery store that come in the package, aren't they basically already cooked? I mean, like, there's not, I don't think so. I think that, uh, I think that they're basically already cooked. So you can just take them right out and just eat them, and you're good. Yeah. All right. I, now I'm not recommending people do that, but I'm just, I'm just saying. You're, oh, okay. You're like when you it. when you microwave a hot dog, I yeah. think you're basically just warming it up. Okay. Because you're because people will put it in there for like a minute just to warm it up. Yeah, that's and, and interesting. I and I don't, I'm not so sure that they're getting it up to. 185 degrees or what? Right, 200 for five minutes or yeah, something. Or yeah, to kill everything in there. I think it's basically already a cooked okay. product. So when we were kids and our mom cooked us a hot dog, didn't they boil them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was cooking them. But are they yeah. different today? Where they just need to be heated? Well, I think that the boiling one them was basically just try to get. Uh, I mean, I think it's all doing the same thing. It's just heating germs it up. out of there. Yeah, that's kind of disturbing. Yeah, it is. Well, it means that they're already there's so much salt and preservative in there. That, <laughs> all right, I'll look it up. Our look hot that dogs up. already cooked. <laughs> look that up while uh, we tease about late into the night in New York next. So we talked yesterday. Could you live in Manhattan? Last night after the Marconi's group of us went over to a. Um, a bar very near the convention center where they're having the Marconis and met my niece who's been living up here uh, with her husband now. She got married to uh, Jordan, my niece Allison, who grew up in Dallas. She has lived here since 2015. They love it. At some point, we're told they're going to move to Texas, and my sister is very excited about that. At some point, they'll move back. But they love it up here, and I look at them, and I think, yeah, to be married in your 20s, your first home together in Manhattan, I bet, and they have really enjoyed it up here, and he grew up in Long Island, so he's familiar with the area, but I bet they, sounds like they do have a lot of fun up here. I think that's the prime time to live here in your 20s or 30s. Do you know if they live in Manhattan proper? They live in uh, Chelsea, the Chelsea Okay, yeah, so that's in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They walk to work. It, when they go to work, they're still working out of the house primarily. Um, but, yeah. How old did you say? They're in their early 30s now. But, yeah, she moved up here when she was in her 20s. Yeah, I think they're hitting that borderline of when you're like, okay. It's getting a little crowded. <laughs> uh, maybe need a little more open space. Uh, but, anyway, that was fun last night to get to catch up with them. Go forward, go forward, forward is in the house. <laughs> Join Sean Bass today at the Tom Thumb on West South Lake Boulevard for a chance to win a pair of tickets to the Bill Bates Ultimate Tailgate Party December 30th. 
Sean, today, 4 to 6 at the Tom Thumb in Southlake, brought to you by Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. Coming up in 15 minutes, our weekly football visit with the Cowboys Hall of Famer, Troy Aikman. And then at 8.15, we will tell the story of last night's Marconi Radio Awards ceremony. We went to the dinner with everybody else from the Cumulus Dallas party. And we'll talk about our category, the station's category, what that scene was like, some of the famous people that we heard from last night. That's coming up at 8.15. All right, it's been about 36 hours or so that we've spent now here in New York City. We're broadcasting again this morning. From Midtown Manhattan, Sirius XM Studios. They've been really great to us, very accommodating, very friendly. There's a really great energy about broadcasting from here because there are 30 or 40 other studios in this building. A lot of music. We've seen some guys who look really famous, like they must be big-time famous artists. But we can't quite pinpoint who they are, but they'll be walking up and down the hall with an entourage. Like a camera crew following yeah. them. Yeah. So it's been really cool. The NFL Sirius Studios are right down, three doors down from us, and then their baseball studio is here, uh, where Chris Russo broadcasts. He's the one that said if the Diamondbacks won Game 6 and Game 7 against Philadelphia, he would retire. <laughs> and he's now backtracked on that. Uh, Fernando sent it to me yesterday. What has he decided to do? He's got to he, wear a onesie or something. He's got to like wear a bikini, a bikini. Walk around New York, and I think Howard Stern came up with this for him. And he has to wear a sign that says "I'm a douche." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So instead of retiring, Thanks that's what drop. he has to do. <laughs> All right. So it's been a lot of fun here. We thank the folks at Sirius XM for being so hospitable to us these two mornings i'm kind of liking our morning routine here in new york city we get up to new york we catch a cab to basically midtown we're right across the street from radio city music hall from rockefeller center just feels like you're right in the middle of everything we go to our morning coffee cart yeah same guy was there this morning and I ordered my coffee in Danish, and then I said, uh, we're all together here. I didn't realize you spoke Danish. Yeah, I did. I, I ordered my coffee in Danish. I wanted to that's impress a, that guy. The donut without a hole. <laughs> and uh, so yeah. then Gordo ordered, and then George ordered, and the guy said, uh, are you guys friends, or do you work together? And one of us said, we just work together. We're not friends at all. <laughs> and he goes, oh, you're friends. I can tell you really like each other. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice to hear. Yeah, it was good. What about the health codes on those sidewalk carts? Yeah, yeah, don't, don't worry about it. No. How long do you think them donuts have been there? I mean, so. mine tasted fresh, <laughs> but I don't There's know. There's no way they change those out every day. <laughs> so I looked this up. I wondered about where you can park your cart because there are hot dog carts as george told us about at 5 35 this morning coffee carts pretzel carts they're everywhere and you do have to pay rent for the spots you pick in manhattan in fact the most expensive price tag is for a cart it's a hot dog cart right outside central park zoo <laughs> fifth avenue and 62nd street on the east side and I guess it's a prime location because you've got all these families in particular going in and coming out of the zoo, so everybody wants a hot dog. The cart manager, 
pays two hundred and eighty nine thousand dollars a year in rent Boy. just to set up in that spot. That is pressure. You got to sell a lot of hot dogs. How many must he be selling to cover that and then make a profit? I don't know. I never got to uh, the number that Muhammad sold every day. But that's the other thing, too, is there's so many of them. Like, I never see a line that's like 15 or 20 deep. It's mm-hmm. usually like two or three deep. Yeah. Walking around central Manhattan yesterday quite a bit, and we walked last night as well after the Marconi's. I think about it every time I step on one of these, but the sidewalks are so crowded that you do have concrete, but you're also walking a lot on these grates or on these little hatch doors. I don't like walking on those. I I wonder how often somebody falls through one of those, or does that just never happen here? No, it happens from time to time. Really? Yeah. Wow, what a terrible accident that would be to have. How far do you think you'd fall? I guess it depends on what you're going through. To the devil. You fall all the way Mm -hmm. down to the devil. (laughs) Everybody walks here. You have to walk a lot here. If you're driving a car, you're probably miserable, not only how much money you have to pay to park it, but just the traffic, which is nonstop. But everybody walks. If you're not a walker, I think it would be kind of hard to survive in Manhattan in particular. Yeah, it'd be tough to get around. You you can take the trains and the bus and all of that to a certain point, but... But even taking a cab, a lot of times you still have a pretty good walk ahead of you. Uh, But it's great. The energy here is awesome. The streets are so crowded. It's the most diverse place on the planet, I think. You see people from all walks of life. 1.7 million people live in Manhattan, just on this island. Holy smokes. Which is smaller than DFW Airport. So think about that. 1.7 million people live in a space smaller than DFW Airport. Yeah, it feels like it. And the buildings are just straight up. That's the only mm-hmm. way you can get that many people here to work or live. And Yeah, it's awesome. I don't know. I think after about a month or so, I think I would lose my mind. I don't think I could live here. Like I said yesterday, I could live here for a year. I'd like to experience a full year here and all the seasons, and then I think I'd be done with it because you do start to feel like that every step you're taking on the sidewalks or the streets, you're stepping in urine. And every time you breathe in, you imagine that you're breathing in such unbelievable pollution. I know. And I don't think I could take that for very long. That's the other thing, the smells of the streets. Sometimes you'll go by a restaurant and think, that is, boy, that smells like great food in there. And then you'll walk another 10 feet and you are overcome with the smell of urine. <laughs> yeah. And on this trip, we've noticed a lot of the scent of pot in the air. And that, too. Holy smokes. Because it's now legal here, so it's everywhere. 1.7 million people in Manhattan, 8 million people in the five boroughs, Manhattan, the Bronx, Staten Island, Brooklyn, and Queens. And in the total metro area here, 20 million people. We have almost 8 million in Dallas-Fort Worth. They've got 20 million here. That's... Remember I said the, I think the high-stress job would be driving a delivery truck or van Mm -hmm. because you're always stuck in traffic. I saw one yesterday, and both guys sitting up front were burning one. Really? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I guess that's how you get through it. We had fun last night after the Marconi's. We met George's niece out at a bar nearby, and uh, the traveling party from Cumulus, from KSCS, 
Hawkeye and Mitch Rod, they came over and met us, and the Catman met us, and that was great. We had a really good time. The bar scene here is the best. Yeah, and I think that's because there's probably not a whole lot else to do. I mean, you have a lot to do, but there's like the thing to do once the sun goes down is to go to a bar, and there are a million bars here, and they all seem to be packed every night, yeah. even on weeknights. That was a cool place last night. We took a cab home. George's niece walked home, and I said, are you sure it's safe for you to walk home? And she said, yeah, because I'm going this direction. The direction you guys are going, take a cab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt bad about that. I said, well, why don't you just ride with us, and we'll drop you off. And Oh, no, I do this all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to get in trouble for that one when I get home mm-hmm. with my sister and my and my wife. But that's just what, as she said, that's she said, Uncle George, that's what we do up here. We just walk. Yeah, and she was pretty. And she felt safe, convinced and, it was a safe part of town, but she was worried about us. In fact, she said, "I feel better about walking here than I would walking through downtown Dallas." Yeah, because it's kind of unusual to see a woman walking by herself in downtown Dallas mm-hmm. at ten thirty at night. It's it's not here. Everyone's out in the street. And we fly back today. One thing about today's flight, we won't care about our suits. I always like that on the return trip. You can stuff them. You don't care about your clothes at that point, or you don't even care if your bags get lost because you're going home. It doesn't matter. So yeah, we'll wad up our suits today and yeah, throw them in whatever. Who cares? <laughs> We're broadcasting again from Midtown Manhattan in New York. The last couple of days. For the National Association of Broadcasters Big Convention, and specifically the Marconi Radio Awards. The ceremony was last night. It's the Oscars of radio here in this nation. And the ticket was up for a couple of awards. Our show was up for Major Market Personalities of the Year, the eighth time that we've been finalists. We won once back in 2021. And the ticket was up for Sports Station of the Year. That's an award that we've won four times. That is the all-time record, and we were nominated again last night. So we went down to the big awards dinner in our nice clothes, the one time a year that we don't wear a T-shirt. We actually wear a suit. <laughs> and we had a lot of fun last night. It was fun. Uh, you know that everybody in our industry is pretty much there, all the movers and shakers, some big shows from around the country. Management types and CEOs from around the country are there as well. And this uh, Javits Center, convention center here in Manhattan, that was huge. And uh, we were in one of the rooms there. They did have a uh, a cocktail hour beforehand, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. Uh, we attended that with our friends from Cumulus, not only in Dallas, but around the country. And then uh, it was time to go to our tables. The... Night was hosted by Rich Eisen of the Rich Eisen Show on Westwood One and of the NFL Network, formerly of Sports Center. That's a tough gig, isn't it, to host the award show? Yep. Um, we've had that before. We've hosted some award shows, and we did hours of prep work, writing jokes, and no one really pays attention to them. <laughs> and, <laughs> I thought he was good, though. He and DJ Scratch, who was up there, a record producer. Here in New York, who was up there playing uh, some tracks and things like that to to make the evening festive. And I thought it was a very nice presentation. And our category of Major Market Personality of the Year actually went out pretty early in the show. And we were up against our co-workers at Cumulus Dallas from KSCS 
Hawkeye and Michelle, who are so close to us, their studio is right next to ours, and we share a thermostat every day. That's how close they are to us. And um, Jason Pullman from The Wolf, he does Afternoons at The Wolf, he was nominated as well. Also, so was uh, Boomer Esiason and Greg Giannotti from WFAN here in New York, the fan in New York. And Len Bramer from WXRT-FM in Chicago. And as we've told you here the last couple of months, unfortunately, Len, for a battle of cancer, with cancer, mm. passed away this year. So going into it, we were all honored to be nominated, but we did think the winner should probably be Len Bramer because, well, for a lot of reasons. He was an excellent broadcaster. What we learned last night, he was beloved in Chicago, had a huge following, his family was there last night and uh, sounded like a legendary broadcaster. That was my expectation. I did later think the station had a, a really good chance to win Sports Station of the Year. But here was the moment early in the uh, presentation for Major Market Personalities of the Year. Oh, wait, Legendary Manager of the Year award. What the flip? I am so sorry. <laughs> To a lot that goes on. Right, here we go. Of chatter going on afterwards. <laughs> well, good for Lynn Bramer and yes. his family. Uh, and, they uh, were there last and night, and one of his uh, and his his brother got up on stage wearing a t shirt, holding a beer, and then said, "You no. know, Lynn was a <laughs> I was champion." Say, I no, that didn't happen. It was a very nice moment for that radio station. Yeah, and it was a cool moment because the entire room raised their glasses. I posted a picture of this on Twitter. And did a toast to Lynn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was and a cool moment. Indeed, it was. It was a cool moment. It also means we're one for eight. Yeah, we yeah. are. We have a really low batting average, but it is. losers. Our batting average is 114. <laughs> that is well below the Mendoza line. But it is cool, and I was proud to be there with you guys last night. I think what we've done as a show, being around this long, and when you basically make the final five, and you look around the room, and you see our names go up there. That's yeah. that's pretty awesome. 
Yeah, it's great. And we've made the final five eight different times. Yeah. And we've been on the air for 30 years, so that's also a pretty good batting average, how many times we've been finalists. And like we said, we've won it once, and that's plenty. Yeah. Just to win it once. If we'd been 0 for 8, then we would have really started to develop a complex about it. But at least we got the one win. And we walked the ridiculous red carpet. It was so funny getting our picture taken on the red carpet. <laughs> yeah, how about that? It felt kind of legit, didn't it? Yeah, it's almost. We were kind of too legit to. I was thinking about quitting. Quit? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it was no, too legit to quit. Don't do that. Don't do that. So then, uh, a little bit later, it was time for the category of sports station of the year. And as Junior mentioned, the ticket has won it four times before. We were going for an unprecedented fifth win up against uh, KFXN. That's the fan of Minneapolis. WBZ in Boston, the fan in New York, and WJFK-FM in Washington, D.C. And the Marconi went to WBZ-FM in Boston. Mm. I swear to you, if we don't win, it seems like a station Mm. from Boston always wins. Always someone from Boston. In fact, this was their fourth win. So now the record, it's a three-way tie. The ticket in Dallas, the fan in New York, and WBZ in Boston all have four Marconis. Yeah. Um, for Station of the Year, Major Market Station of the Year, KSCS, our uh, brethren there with the straw hat here in Dallas, was up against WALR-FM in Atlanta, WINS-FM in New York, WTL, uh, WLTW in New York, and WWPR-FM in New York. Glazing. And the winner was WALR. L-R-F-M in uh, Atlanta. I figured it'd be a New York station. They had three in. It always seems like it's very Northeast biased, yeah. but an Atlanta station won that. So there's Ofer, the ticket, and KSCS. Yeah, and- yeah we went Ofer for the Golden Sombrero <laughs> last night. Yeah. Which means we're due for a Grand Slam. That's right. If you, uh, That's right. Yeah. Follow but, along with Adolis Garcia. You know what? It was a great evening, though. I thought the highlight of the evening was the speech given by James Brown, the legendary CBS sports anchor. He's also done a lot of news work for CBS. He got up there. He was presented basically what is a Lifetime Achievement Award. They call it the NAB Distinguished Award for broadcasting. And he spoke for probably 15 minutes. When he got up there, he was teared up. Yeah. He was crying. And then he kind of told his story, the story of his childhood and how he came from really humble beginnings and his parents instilled hard work and uh, the need for an education. And he was great. And he did it with no notes. And he was unbelievably eloquent and a great storyteller. And I got moved a few times during his speech. I've always liked James Brown. I love him now. We've always heard he's a nice guy. Yes, we've had him on the show. Yeah, and he was outstanding. I loved what he said about commitment, that he got an opportunity as a high school basketball player. He had some offers. Harvard offered him, and his mom said, oh, my gosh, you're never going to get a better offer than that. So he committed, and then he got a letter from UCLA to come visit, and he said, oh, I have to go visit UCLA. And his mom basically said, you made a commitment to Harvard. So Mm -hmm. honor that commitment. And he did. And what a difference that made in his life. And, yeah, he's done a lot. You can see 
through the montage of his pictures and videos, what he's done for charities, Special Olympics, mm-hmm. all sorts of stories that he's covered for CBS and Fox. And uh, that was great to see him recognize, and you could see he was truly moved by that. And I thought Rich Eisen did a really nice job, mm-hmm. too, and he won a network show of the year for the Rich Eisen show, which... He gave he a had, moving speech, too, I thought. Yeah, he was really good, because I guess he thought his show was going to go away a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. And... uh we know the folks at Westwood One, and they syndicate that. It's done really well. I've always liked Rich. You know, I thought the best moment of the evening, I thought James Brown had the best speech. The best moment of the evening was one of the last awards given out. It was Small Market Personality of the Year. And the winners were Kevin Hilly and Aaron Hart from Columbia slash Jefferson City, Missouri. And they got up there, and he was... So excited. And then he said, I I found Aaron 15 years ago, and she's turned out to be a great partner. And he was kind of silly and goofing around. And then she took the mic. It was her turn to speak. And she said, we have to apologize. We're small market. (laughs) And everybody laughed. And then she told her story, and she said, I was the station's receptionist 16 years ago. And this guy came up to me and said, I bet you'd be good on the air. And he put me on the air, and he gave me a career, and she started crying. Yeah. And it was was cool. really cool. Everybody teared up. Everybody stood up and gave them a round of applause. You know, here they are in New York City with all of these other shows and executives from the biggest cities in America, and they win small market personalities of the year. And I think it meant more to them than anybody in the house. Yeah, she was emotional, and I've never seen a bigger smile on someone's face than his. (laughs) And the whole time she's telling the story, he's like nodding his head and giving thumbs up. (laughs) Yeah, that was really cool. It was was a great night. And who was the scorched earth guy? Wow, that was amazing. I can't remember the category, do you? It was something like uh, medium market station of the year, I think is what it was. Yeah, that sounds right. And the winner, no, it was it was more large market because it was a bigger city that won. Let's I can't remember who it was, but it was a representative from Houston or Tampa, something like that, that won. And nobody was there to accept the award from their station. So the like we waited, and no one was standing up to go get the award. And finally, some guy stands up, goes to get the award. I, at first, I was thinking, okay, well. He finally gets up and is going to accept the word for his station. Well, when we were looking around for someone from the station, she goes, is anybody here? Anybody here? I saw him standing up at this table, and I and he was talking to a lot of people, and I thought, well, he's just, they're congratulating each other. Right. It's taking a long time. Then he sprints up there, and everybody thinks, okay, finally, here they are. And he grabs the Marconi, and he raises it, and he says, thank you. And then he puts it down, and he says, I'm not from the station in Tampa. I'm from so-and-so in some other town. We've been nominated five times since 2011, and we've never won. So please vote for us next year. And then he walks off the stage. Um, It's very tense. It was so tense. That took some (laughs) cojones to do that. I turned to these guys, and I said, he's just ensured they will never win. They will probably never be nominated again. (laughs) No, but he's a legend. With his co-workers back home. <laughs> yeah. Can you, they'll talk about that forever uh, with what he did that night. I've never See, seen my prediction like that. My prediction is this is the uh, defining moment that 
propels him to stop drinking. I think this was, this was his Philadelphia Marconi's night. Because you have gone me. through that. Yeah. Yes. God, we were talking about that last night and how funny that was. <laughs> was it Gordo funny? got up on stage. Yeah, he got up on stage and interact with G.E. Smith, the guy who used to play guitar on Saturday, Saturday Night, night Live. Yeah. And the, Accused the guy of being the fake Rush Limbaugh who was hosting the show, some poor guy from Salt Lake he, he City. He did look like Rush Limbaugh to me, <laughs> but I had no right to just barge up on stage <laughs> with about six drinks in me. Gordo hey, claimed that George was getting drinky last yeah, night. Yeah, you were getting a little bit drinky. It's fine. Just having a good time. You started yelling out more and more things as the <laughs> night wore on. We just heard you over yelling for Hawkeye and Michelle. That's, you were No, no, that was cheering for people. I'm talking about you were making like comments about mm-hmm. people who were up uh-huh. on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's he's obviously tuned <laughs> <in> out. <laughs> hey, uh we should congratulate uh KLTY for Religious Station of the Year. Yeah, Dallas Station. Dallas Station. Mm-hmm. So congrats to them. All right. A good time had by all no at question. the National Association of Broadcasters Marconi Awards dinner last night. Sorry, P1s, we didn't bring it home this year, but we've, well, we've done it in the past. Can't expect to win every year. Certainly, that's the case for this show. <laughs> now, one for eight. No, we don't expect.